Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, Grow v. Blade. Brad brings the case against his wife, Kira. The couple has a disagreement about their son's coiffure. Brad has sentimental reasons for letting their son's hair grow out. Kira says it's too impractical and it's time for the long hair to go. Who's right and who's wrong? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. I met a man called Bailiff Jesse Thorne on September 12th right here in front of the Skype machine. But unfortunately, I lost his address. He was last seen with his friend Jordan Morris, who resembles Fozzie the Bear of the Muppets, but he wears his hair. Tied in a small bow at the back I would gratefully appreciate it If you see him, tell him I'm in the court with my gavel And please tell him gavelly And I don't want the two dollars back Just is nailed it swear him in bailiff jesse please rise and raise your right hands do you swear to tell the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth so help you god or whatever yes i do do you swear to abide by judge john hodgman's ruling despite the fact that the only haircut he's worn the past 10 years is his hair shaved close to the scalp so he can wear his variety of hair pieces crafted from the fur of various woodland creatures (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yes. Very well, Judge Hodgman. Uh, you may be seated, Brad. And is it Kira or Kyra? I'm sorry. It's Kira. Kira. For an immediate summary judgment, can either you, Brad, or Kira name the specific piece of culture that I mangled as I walked into the courtroom? No, I can't. I'll take a guess, but I'm sure it's wrong. Um, I'm going to say it's a Neil Young song. It is not a Neil Young song. Darn. It is the song Frank Mills from the musical hair i was gonna go for hair but i thought it'd be too easy okay i think that's just gonna be the first of many bad choices you're gonna make on this podcast sir (laughs) brad you bring you bring a case against your wife kira with regard to the styling of your 20 month old son's hair is that correct that is correct and this seemed like a good idea to you at some time it did all right tell me why (laughs) well um uh, you know, when Kira was pregnant with Winslow, our son, um, Winslow, we both, your son's name is Winslow. Winslow, yes. Is that his actual name or a code name for podcast use? It's his actual <laughs> name, his oh. given name. Did you name him after Michael Winslow from Police Academy? I can only presume. <laughs> yes. Does he do a good helicopter noise? <laughs> We're working on it. <laughs> I was going to say that when Kira was pregnant with Winslow, you know, we talked about. Uh, we knew it was going to be a boy, and we talked about how we both liked, um, you know, long hair on little boys. And so from the start, we kind of figured that that's how we would style his hair. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, over the last 20, I think it's 21 months now, he has just, he's never had a haircut. And he's got this beautiful, luscious, flaxen mane of flowing hair. Mm-hmm. And it looks really amazing and awesome. And it uh, distinguishes him from other boys his age. I and he just generally because, looks rocking and styling, so I want to keep it that way. Uh, I object because of your opinion. I want to, <laughs> before we stipulate to it looking rocking and awesome, Kira, <laughs> first of all, did you have conversations with your husband about how you wanted a boy with long hair? We we didn't specifically say this child of ours that I am bringing into the world is going to have long hair, mm-hmm. but we would see other boys with long hair and we would comment about how it was cute. So was a contract or a pact made to have a child with long hair? <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay. And uh, do you agree that your son looks rocking and awesome? I agree that this past summer he looked awesome and rocking, but mm. now I think his hair is too long now and he, I would like to trim it. He looks like a shiftless moocher now, like a hippie, like a deadbeat? Yes, he looks like a reprobate. All right. I'm going to have to look at some pictures of, of your child, Michael Winslow, from Police Academy. <laughs> you guys have sent in evidence. Some of you sent in these pictures and some of you did not. That is to say. Correct. I think we, I think we both sent in uh, your own 
pictures that would be most favorable to our cases. With your permission, Judge Hodgman, I'll load them up on this old-fashioned slide projector. That sounds like a lightsaber. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like a carousel. I feel like I'm in I'm John Hamm in a 1960s office conference. <laughs> So here is a picture of a uh, child sitting uh, uh, in a bunch of pumpkins. Correct. Uh, who sent in this evidence? I sent in that evidence uh-huh. to try to be fair and show that's how his hair looks when it's the wind is blowing outside. I took him to a pumpkin patch right, right before Halloween, right. and that's what he looks like when you, his hair is in his eyes. You left him there all night long to wait for the great pumpkin? Yes. Mm-hmm. He didn't come. Well, he does look rocking and awesome in this picture, but anyone does when they're sitting in a field of pumpkins. So it's. <laughs> and then there's a picture of him uh, enjoying a pacifier. He's got uh, white blonde hair, and uh, you sent this in as well. So, yes, I'd, you know. yeah, that's just to kind of that's how he normally looks with his hair sort of brushed over to his side, mm-hmm. slightly emo, more emo than I like him yeah, to look right look. in that picture. He's a good looking boy. I'll say to to everyone uh, on the internet, uh, this is a good looking boy. And then uh, finally, there's a picture of him. Standing up in a booth, and uh, same. This is clearly the same child. That must be you, Kira. That is me. And you're pointing at his um, cool retro Beatles <laughs> animated Saturday morning cartoon show T-shirt. Yes, I think mm-hmm. maybe I'm indicating that he kind of looks like he has a mullet in this picture. Right, and I actually sent in this picture as evidence of what I don't want to happen. His hair was looking especially mullety in that picture, and that's what I'm worried about if he does get. A trim, as Kira wants, I fear that he'll look pretty, uh, pretty rednecky and white trashy and mullety. So. Well, okay. Well, let's just put aside all regional intolerances for a moment and just. <laughs> where do you live? We live in California on the Central Coast. Oh, okay. Very well. So I don't think you have any right to be throwing stones at rednecks. <laughs> My dad is from Indian. Is from Indiana. Does that help me? Uh, sh- sure, and that always helps. <laughs> That always helps to establish some real-world credentials. So who cuts his hair currently? Well, well, he's never had a haircut. He's never had a haircut. All right, Kira. So nobody. You, you, if someone were to cut his hair, would you do it or would you take him to a professional? I'm, I might attempt it. I cut Brad's hair and I do a good job, right, Brad? That, that's actually a point of, uh, of, of discussion there. Oh. That, you know, Kira and I, are, are we try to be thrifty. And um, so uh, we often have Kira cut my hair and about nine times out of 10, I, I don't like it at first <laughs> and it grows. And, you know, like my dad always said, the difference between a bad haircut and a good haircut is about two weeks. And so that's generally how my haircuts go. Brad, and Brad, so Brad, I'm Brad. worried. Brad, I can't believe you Brad, just threw me under the bus like Brad. that. This isn't about you, Brad. This isn't about you. <laughs> this is about Winslow. Okay. I know, so I'm worried. I'm worried that uh, you know the haircut will will not be great, and that he'll look awkward and weird. How long is your How long is your hair? Uh, it's I don't know. It's fairly long. It's like it's on the long end of short, I guess. Did you used to have long hair? Yes, I did. I, I when I in fact uh, Jesse mentioned for sentimental reasons that I'd like his hair long. Is is I didn't have my first haircut until I was three. Mm-hmm. And I was rocking some amazing long hair myself. And, you know, I kind of want that for my son. And I went through a, uh, a period as a teenager when I, where I had long hair that I will admit looked terrible. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Kira will back that up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was awful. <laughs> and, when you, um, so yeah. and when you wrote in, you, you, you said you wanted to replicate a photograph of yourself. Correct. There's this mm-hmm. photograph that has since been lost. Um mm-hmm. Of, of myself when I was three years old with, with long hair. And I think it would be awesome to be able to recreate that photograph. I mean, something that's really pop- popular on the internet these days is to kind of uh, recreate photos, right. um, either, you know, of the same people in the same position at, at a later time or right. a new generation in the same position as a, you know, so as you, the old so bearers. You, you, that would be awesome. Yes. So which part of using your son as a prop for your personal internet meme is the awesome part? <laughs> I guess all of it. I don't uh-huh. know. Okay. <laughs> but you're trying to recapture something, something that was sure, taken sure. from you. You're Some just- nostalgia. You, you mentioned uh, that episode of Mad Men where, you you know, we're talking about nostalgia and how 
it's that aching and, you know, but it feels good. That's, that's, that's what I'm hoping to, to recapture. Okay. You understand that there's a precedent in this courtroom that nostalgia is the most toxic impulse. I was not aware of that. I mean, I have, it, I have, look, I like to, I like to read an old comic book like most people, but if you try to, if you, if you, if you spend all your time trying to uh, recreate a past, which you consider perfect, but is invariably imperfect, um, you, that is the way of madness. Now I, I understand no one cuts Winslow's hair. Who picks out his uh, kitschy, cool Beatles uh, Saturday morning cartoon cool T-shirts? Um, Brad actually bought that for him. Oh, did he? Okay, he did. I yeah, see. that's very cool. It's a cool shirt. Thank you. Any other any other uh, any other uh, wardrobe uh, choices you 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 want to impose on your son so that you can convince yourself <laughs> you're not dying? um yes i I try to make him look cool so that i can live vicariously through him yes well it's it's very important that you not say that about yourself because that robs me of the chance to say it about you (laughs) so you're out of order now in this court i apologize (laughs) how come i don't have a picture of brad's haircut (laughs) <laughs> um, because we actually don't have a picture of Brad's haircut. Yeah, there are ways to get, you don't have to go to Sears, you know, to have these things. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Brad's current haircut or his horrible haircut when he had long hair? It, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're, are you suggesting that you're going to cut his hair? I need to know who's going to cut this kid's hair if I so order it. All right, Brad, <laughs> Brad, I want you to go in the other room with your phone or whatever and take a picture okay. of the current haircut. So I know what we're dealing with here. Okay, it's kind of messy right now, but I will I will do that right now. That's I don't right. have to go in the other room. I'll just That's do it fine, right man. now. Um, this and that, and haircut though Karen. is not the haircut I would give my son. Well, th- that may not be your choice. Well, I, guess, I guess it's in my best <laughs> well, interest to make my hair look as terrible as possible. Is that what you're saying, Judge? I'm just, I'm just I'm just saying it had not occurred to me at this moment that if I order the haircut, I can order a specific haircut. And there are, <laughs> there are many styles that I that I might choose: the Dapper Dan, the Fop. I well, down. I was kind of hoping for – I sent in a picture that I was hoping we could go back to oh, when, okay. you know, if you so order a haircut, that okay. that is the haircut that I would like to give okay. Winslow. Okay. So so here's your evidence. You, you send in a picture of Winslow. Mm-hmm. Now, Brad picked a lot of pictures of Winslow looking great. You took a picture of Winslow looking mad. <laughs> yeah. Look how mad he is because his hair is – totally in his face and this is you know when he is playing or even if he shakes his head no this is what his hair looks like Mm -hmm. and as you can see it is just this waterfall of hair over his entire face yeah and it is almost long enough to reach into his mouth which creates some gross you know hygienic believe me problems you guys know that when i was a teenager i had hair down to the middle of my back you you're, did? Yes. You're aware of that, aren't you? I was, was not, not aware. aware of that. Do, wait, hey, wait a minute. What are you doing back here, Brad? I'm talking to your wife. Did you get a snapshot of your head yet? We did. We did. Where shall I send it? Email okay. it immediately to Hodgman at MaximumFun.org. Now, would you say that this is representative of his mood with this? Oh, wait a minute. I was telling you the story. Oh, yeah. I had, I had long hair, hair. I had long hair. I had long hair. And so I know how gross this can be. And I, I know, I know a human child. I live, a, a human child lives in my house, male. <laughs> okay. Who, who is much older than this one, but who is, who has been growing his hair long and has taken up the exact same habit that I had, which was to chew on my hair until it oh. becomes a ratty mass of saliva-y dreads. And when he does that, don't you just want to cut it right off? No, no. I want to, I, I relive my youth through him. I take every wound that I suffered in my childhood and everything that went wrong in my life and use my child to correct all of those things rather than let him have his own life. That's how it oh, works. Yeah. Okay. That's how it that's works, it. right? Yeah, that's how, that's how it works. That's why we have children. Where's my email, Brad? I sent it. Oh, wait, here it comes. Incoming messages. There you this go. This could be it. Brad, you, like, yeah, I can see what you're up to here now that I have a picture of you. I, I was promised that there would be no a visual uh, contact for this podcast, so I didn't exactly prepare myself uh, aesthetically well, for would, an appearance. What would you have done? Can I go your th- retro Saturday morning I, Beatles cartoon show T-shirt, or what cool yes. T-shirt would you have picked out? Um, I probably would have picked um, 
I don't know, maybe a Charlatans uh, UK band shirt from a tour in the late 90s or something. The idea that you think that that is going to ingratiate yourself to me. <laughs> you actually think that that's going to help you by saying that. That's what's so amazing. I might put on my House Martins t-shirt. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, no, but you've got you, – you're a good-looking you're a good-looking fellow, but your son is much more handsome than you are. Absolutely. I would right. concede that. Yeah. And you got, you know, you got, you got a kind of a, you're, you're rocking a Fred Flintstone cut basically. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's not looking great. And, and your son is like, is like Bam Bam, right? He's got this, <laughs> oh my gosh. Funny. You mentioned that yeah. one of the pictures I sent in when a, for evidence has Winslow's hair up in a ponytail on top of his head. That's the one I'm looking at right now. He's got this white blonde hair shocked right up in his ponytail to keep it out of his face. And, yep. he's, and he's going like, bam, 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 only foolproof way to keep it out of his face. I know. If and he were, hates it, by the way. <laughs> he doesn't like that? He doesn't like the, the ponytail? No, he does not. Do you disagree with that, uh, uh, Brad? Is that a uh, that, can, that has happened. His, his hair has been put that way once and once only, and that picture was taken at that time, and so it's not a regular occurrence. Yeah, and he looks pretty happy to me when he's, he's reading a book right yeah. there. He looks yeah. pretty pretty excited. Daddy sees what he wants to see. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> and now this bottom picture of your son standing in front of what looks like a uh, like a Spanish colonial home or something. Yeah, that's one of the California that's one missions. Of the, yeah, the old oh, okay. missions in oh. California along the coast. Oh, okay, okay. And this is the haircut that you would like your son to have. That is the haircut I would like him to have. You can see that it is still fairly long. Yep. It still looks really cute, but it is out of his eyes and out away from his mouth. Let me tell you, that's a handsome picture of your son. I know, right? That's, that's a, my and that's a terrific screensaver on my phone. Yeah, that's a terrific <laughs> haircut that I would like to have. <laughs> Brad, what? Why? Tell me in your own words why your son is so ugly. There, he's not ugly. <laughs> he's 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 absolutely adorable. <laughs> But I just think that it, I, I like seeing the evolution of his hair over time and how it uh-huh. how it looks different, you know, as as time goes by. Sure. And I think it just looks cooler and cooler and and better and better. And I just kind of want to see where it takes him. And I'm not saying that he should never have his hair cut. I would just like to wait a little while longer. Some of the other concerns I have okay. are his reaction to the actual haircut, whether it be Kira or some professionally trained stylist that would cut his hair. Um, I don't know if he'll tolerate that and if he'll get really scared. And have a bad experience with it. Um, I, I have a nephew who is scared to death of most everything, but especially of getting his haircut. And his haircuts always look horrible because you know they have to do it quickly and you know in a way that appeases him. So I'm worried about the actual experience Look, as well, Brad, of him getting his haircut. I I know that your son is 21 months old, but uh, let me reassure you of something that the parents of a 21 month old cannot possibly believe, but is true. <laughs> there have been other kids before yours. And a lot of them have had haircuts. And some <laughs> of them freak out, and some of them don't freak out. And you know how they deal with it? They have special haircutting places for kids that okay. have some background in trying to help kids feel okay about having blades taken to their head. <laughs> but it's gonna I mean it's gonna happen, you understand? Like even if I rule in your favor, eventually Eventually, your son is going to look like cousin it. <laughs> <laughs> I understand be, that, but like, all Dad, I'm asking why, for is a little bit of time here, and uh, for, for it to grow, you know, uh-huh. to like a long, long length, and and see how it looks. Right now, it's long enough where it can tuck tuck behind his ear. The offending, you know, strands of hair can safely tuck behind his ear and they stay there for most of the time, except when he shakes it around. I understand. Kira said, said, not true. Sorry, go ahead. Yes. Excuse me. I will have order. Kira says that he gets (laughs) frustrated with his hair and that it falls into his eyes. Are you calling Kira a liar? I, I, he, he rarely gets frustrated with his hair. Not true. He is always rubbing his eyes when it gets into, when his hair gets into his eyes and, I, I, but I think that's a fallacy there because I think that when he's most likely to be rubbing his eyes or shaking his head, it's because he's frustrated for other reasons, because he's tired or hungry. He's like, my and hair so is not long enough. And so his hair tends to get in his face in those moments. So you might attribute it that, but it might you know, be a post-hoc ergo propter hoc kind of thing going on there. Whoa, 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 whoa. Easy on the Latin there. What is your job, <laughs> sir? 
I am an attorney. I see. And and Kira, what is your job uh, if you have one currently with a 21 year old? I know that you I have a I work at a jobs. preschool for deaf and hard of hearing children. Oh, okay. So which one of you is uh, has some experience with childhood development? Oh, I believe that would be me. Which- Your Honor, I, I would like to submit that I took a child development class in college. Oh, well, that's well, that's what I was referring to. Okay. <laughs> no, I have your CV. I also why. took that same course and plus Together? additional that- courses as well because my degree is in education. Uh, so at 21 months, uh, you know, uh, he should have developed certain fine and gross motor skills by now. Yes. Uh, let me let's just do a quick a quick rundown. See see if he's uh, <laughs> developmentally on target. To see how badly this uh, this hair and eyes situation has hurt his <laughs> development. Is he uh, is he able to walk upstairs with one hand on rail using step two gate? That is placing both feet on one step. He's 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 pretty good at that. Can he kick it? We, we don't have stairs in our home, so okay. oh. you know, only around about do we get a chance to observe him doing that. Right, right. You, you, what you should do is then you should take him to a a, a spiral staircase, uh, <laughs> a spiral staircase showroom, and then and then leave him there and observe him remotely via a surveillance camera. That's how you. Okay. That's how you train kids to climb stairs. In my experience, gotcha. Is Winslow able to kick a ball forward three feet without falling? Yes. Mm. Yeah. He does that with a soccer ball outside. With regard to his fine motor skills, uh, can he uh, uh, hold a small cup in one hand? No. Can he stack like, four? With liquid in it or just any kind of cup? I don't know. This this survey I got off the internet didn't specify. <laughs> it's too vague. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he can, he can hold a small cup in his hand. When he takes a bath, he has little cups that he holds all the time. Can he hold a small cup of whiskey in one hand? <laughs> that has that has yet to be attempted. Can he stack four to six blocks? Yes, yes. absolutely. More than that. Uh-huh. Does he manipulate objects with intent? That is pushing cars and and and, and imagining that they are cars. Yes. yes. Uh huh. Does he use hand gestures uh, to select which bogus hipster retro t shirt he wants to wear that day? <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Does he clap? He, he, since he... Kieran is is involved in the deaf and hard hard of hearing community, he's he's known sign language since he was about eight or nine months old. Oh, so okay. he definitely does that. Oh, okay, cool. Uh does he clap along to Yo Gabba Gabba ironically? <laughs> um not ironically, but he does have a Broby t shirt mm. that he uh-huh. he digs out of his dressers and begs to wear it. Yeah, I and mean... he will dance to Yo Gabba Gabba. So he likes it unironically? He loves it unironically. Uh, Does he talk a lot about how Dan Zanes was originally in the Del Fuegos? <laughs> no. no. He has not. Well, he seems to be a more or less normal 21-month-old, but you're not doing a very good job raising a hipster 21-month-old. <laughs> <laughs> I love how this became a really weird thing where <laughs> in order to win this case, Kira was having to sabotage her own son's fine motor skills. No, come on. Well, I, my concern is not maybe his fine motor skills. I'm uh-huh. worried about his attention span mm-hmm. and how his hair in his face is going to affect his <laughs> attention span in the long run. Well, that's I see no relevance there. Well, I, I'll, I'll allow it because I don't know what you're talking about. Does your does your does does your son not have a, a, se- a sense of object permanence when the hair falls in his face? Does he believe the world goes away? <laughs> No, no. How do you see his hair? He does have a sense of object permanence. Yes. Yes. Is that, did I use the wrong term? No, No, that's that's it. it. Okay. Did you, so how do you, how do you see his hair affecting his attention span or how do you worry about it? I just worry about, I just worry about that. It's going to have long-term effects. I don't know. Maybe I'm being a paranoid mom, but obviously I'm a mother and I want the best for my son. Sure. And part of that includes cutting his hair out of his eyes so that he has no impediment between him and the world he perceives in front of him. How does that, how does that, how do you react to that, Brad? How do you counter that argument? I would easily counter that argument by uh, relating, you know, an experience we just had today. We walked in the park and we walked past a dog park and we saw one of those sheep dogs. And they can see just fine, <laughs> even though their hair is in their face. And so, you know, I actually thought that about that. I'm like, hey, that's kind of like Winslow. Whenever his hair is in his face, he can still see and, and he doesn't trip or fall or, you know, lose sight of the world. He can yeah. still see through his hair, even if it's in his face. Is yeah. this technique something you learned in law school? The comparison <laughs> of child to sheepdog technique? 
<laughs> yeah, that's in the second year of law school. They teach you that. <laughs> Obviously, neither neither of you ever took a course in college on sheepdog psychology, because if you did, you would know sheepdogs are the angriest animals in the world. <laughs> And interestingly, they also have exceptional attention spans. There you go. <laughs> so we're going to have a boy that can concentrate for very long times, but he's going to be very angry. I don't want an angry boy. He's going to be able to concentrate for long periods of time, as long as the task at hand is hurting a herd of sheep. Yeah. He's going to be, gonna be like, like, sheepdogs are able to concentrate for a long time on how badly they want to push the hair out of the front of their eyes. <laughs> Exactly. Those poor dogs don't even have the dexterity to move their hair out of their eyes. Right. No, they must but, be miserable. Which Winslow does have. But Winslow, dexterity no, no. But I, but I, but I appreciate your your desire to choose your grooming style for your child as you would a dog for your own amusement. I think I know everything. <laughs> I think I've heard everything I need to hear. I'm going to go into my chambers and uh, and stare at this photo of Brad until uh, I come to the right decision. <laughs> Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Brad, Kira, a very interesting case. I guess the real question for you, Brad, is why do you seem to believe that you can recreate in your child a perfect picture of yourself, quite literally? I, I want to recreate that nostalgia and that sentiment, not the actual, you know, uh, physical exact likeness. Um, you know, it's just something that, that I would like to do and, and uh, have that be a connection between myself and Winslow. Kira, why do you want to deprive your husband of his beautiful dream? (laughs) (laughs) Because Winslow's hair has, over the past year, grown about seven or eight inches. And so if Brad wants to wait an additional year to cut Winslow's hair, Winslow is going to look like he's going to look like a girl and it's going to be a little ridiculous. That's the thing is if, if he, you know, if he were a girl, this wouldn't even be an issue at all. If he were a girl, I would put barrettes in his hair, which you have done in her hair. Yeah. And he hates those too. (laughs) Kira, do you think you got a shot at winning this thing? I don't, I'm nervous. I really want him to rule in my favor. I need to cut it out of his hair. I'm looking at the picture where the hair is in his eyes and I just want to brush it out of his eyes. Brad, how are you feeling? You're a trained attorney. Uh, I'm feeling pretty nervous at this point. I would probably be approaching the the uh, the other side for some sort of settlement before the the ruling is announced, and that's kind of how I'm feeling. Brad, are there are there any last minute Latin phrases you'd like to utilize? Um, res ipsa loquitur. The thing speaks for itself. He's got beautiful hair, and it should remain that way. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. Well, you know what I say, rest ipso Brownoller. Kurt Brownoller <laughs> speaks for himself. But as he is not here, I will give you my ruling instead. Uh, this is not a question about the benefits of long hair versus short hair for kids of either gender. Uh, I, uh, I was a child with long hair, a male child with long hair, arguably. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, <laughs> And uh, I've seen lots of boys with long hair that look fantastic. I've seen lots of boys with short hair that look dumb. I've seen lots of bad short haircuts and bad long haircuts. But one thing, as someone who has had long hair myself and as Brad, you must know also since you went through a bad period of long hair, there uh, long hair is not the absence of a haircut. It is a kind of haircut. It needs to be tended and shaped so that it does not look dumb and awful and feral. <laughs> there are some kids wandering around Park Slope, Brooklyn right now with parents who are like, just let it go. And uh, you know what? Kids with dreadlocks, not a good, not a good look. <laughs> what this is about, though, is to some degree fashion and to some degree and to a greater degree parenthood, obviously. Now, toddlers are, are, are not creatures of fashion. They are creatures of utility. In 21 months old, they are learning how to be in the world by picking things up and dropping them and putting them down. They're learning how to use tools. They're learning how to guide things into various orifices of their body. They do not care about fashion, which is good because they usually have terrible taste. I don't care what t-shirt your son is pulling out of that drawer. Most toddlers don't know what looks good. And thus, I understand, I, not, not because they, not they automatically look bad, but they, they're experimenting with everything. And I understand your impulse, Brad, very well. You are a new parent. 
even though you're almost two years into it, it's still, I remember very distinctly, very strange because a toddler is this creature in your home that is as much an unknowable, weird animal as it is a human. (laughs) And so I, I was totally with your sheepdog analogy because, you know, kids that age, they, they don't speak English very well. You understand what I mean? No. They, have, they have weird impulses. They they uh, they uh, have no control over their bodily functions. They are they they require um, a tremendous amount of human em- empathy, but then an equal amount of sort of animal to animal, you know, forceful guidance. That sounds a lot worse than it seems. But do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Right. Because having a toddler is kind of like having uh, an exotic bird, like an African gray parrot. <laughs> <laughs> You thought, or a macaw, do you know what I mean? you like, oh, that yes. macaw looks awesome. You thought it would be a great idea to have that thing when you were looking at it in the store or in your mind's eye, but now it's in your house and it is loud and gross and strange and doesn't say the things you want it to say. And it is really, really smart and really stupid at the same time. <laughs> now, I don't think that Kira sees it that way because she's, a, she's the mother. And the fact is that to to her, I suspect, and I don't mean to... Uh, pigeonhole people into gender roles here, but younger kids and their moms uh, are attuned to each other in a way that is not always the case between little kids of this age and their dads, because they all have an automatic and natural way to interact uh, that you do not have, Brad. Do you understand what I'm talking? Feeding is what I'm talking about. I do, yes. I don't mean to talk about your wife's boobs, but I'm gonna, if, it, if, if, <laughs> if I need to, get justice. You may proceed. <laughs> so, in 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 my experience and observation, this often leaves uh, the the father uh, or or the other parent uh, who who is not the mother uh, uh, a little bit out of the loop, and mm-hmm. there is some temptation that uh, the dads in particular feel to try to take some ownership over this weird creature by dressing it up the way you like and starting to force cool music on it and cool shows and hairstyles and like giving it copies of you know, Raymond Carver short stories to read, you know, all kinds of things, <laughs> right? Because you want to share yourself with this child and get this sh- this child to reflect back to you something other than than pure animalistic want and need, right? You want to take that exotic bird out, right, and put it on your shoulder and walk through the park saying, I have this cool bird, because it gives you something to do to cope with the existential discomfort you feel caring for this fleshy little version of yourself that likes your wife better than you and reminds you that you're dying. But... <laughs> I urge you, I urge you to resist this temptation to try to coolify your child, right? There's something unseemly to me personally, to this court, about worrying about whether or not your your boy child is cool. Because while I'm not putting you in this camp at all, it comes from the same place uh, that some parents have, worrying whether or not their uh, their female child is sexy enough and puts her in, and and therefore put her into beauty pageants when she's eight years old or whatever. Right. It's the same. It's the same sort of like you are my palate kind of monstrous behavior that I don't think really reflects either of your natural impulses. So Brad, take comfort because your time is going to come soon. It's going to be daddy time. Trust me. And, uh, and, and this boy will turn to you a little bit more often and we'll recognize you and care about you <laughs> and we'll be receptive to your ideas of how to be in the world and we'll want to emulate you and uh, and and we'll look at old pictures of you with long hair and say that's how I want my hair to be and that will be the time when you can really influence his taste or even better help him to develop his own taste mm-hmm. uh but right now that that job has nothing to do uh with parenting that job has everything to do with correcting some error in your own history using your son as a canvas and that's weird so right now you need to acknowledge that you have an extremely handsome son who needs to be able to see more than he needs for you to fix all of the problems in your life (laughs) (laughs) and while i don't know that there's a direct correlation between his attention span and his ability to see through his hair sheepdog style I will say that you, you, one thing all parents agree on, and you want to give them every advantage, and particularly at this time when he is going to be doing a lot of playing, looking down at blocks and playmobiles and toys and, and junk like that, 
you know, having hair in your eyes is it's a it's a pain and it's a pain in the neck, paradoxically, because I don't have hair on my neck. I don't even know why I use that metaphor. Never mind. So don't worry so much about the haircut. Get down on the floor, play with him, and then, like when he's a little older, like maybe twenty four months or three years. Uh, and can really appreciate it, that's when you make him watch all of the PBS 1970s miniseries of I, Claudius. It worked for my kids. It'll work for you. <laughs> so, unfortunately, Brad, I do not find in your favor. I find in favor of your wife, Kira, and your handsome son, Michael Winslow of Police Academy. I order that you print out that photograph of him at the Spanish mission. Ask around for the best kids barber that you can find immediately reject any kid's barber where they just sit him in front of a TV. <laughs> Go and meet the Even if it's Yo Gabba Gabba? Well, you know, look, what I, what I, uh, you don't have to be that strict about it. What I would suggest <laughs> is that you ask, you ask around uh, to your friends who, who, who may have had kids before and get a recommendation of two or three, you know, kids barbershops and go and just check them out and see if you get a good feel off of somebody and then just give them that photo and say, bam, 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 bam. This is the sound of a gavel. (laughs) Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Kira, you're the winner here. How do you feel? I'm so relieved. I don't know if I could. T- I don't know if I could take his long hair for another year. Brad, your legal training didn't save you in this courtroom. I did not. Where we only respect our own sui generis precedent. There you go. <laughs> See, two people can talk Latin. <laughs> Very good. That that's Latin. It is. How are you feeling, Brad? Um. You know, I, I, I feel a little disappointed, but I do see the judge's uh, point. And um, I'm just hoping that his haircut turns out good. And I hope we can find someone who will give him a good haircut and give him a good experience. But I, I, I'm, I'm feeling at peace with it. Do you think there's another way you could recreate that childhood photo of you? I'm thinking maybe you could find somebody who's good with computers to do that morphing thing from the Michael Jackson black or white video. <laughs> I'll try to see if Kira can uh, can Photoshop something up. <laughs> Excellent. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Thank, thank you. you. Hello, I'm your Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you, our members, of course. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org, and they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Stitch Fix. You know that boost of confidence you get when you put on an outfit that just feels good? You know what that's like. That's what I get when I use Stitch Fix. With Stitch Fix, You get a human stylist, not AI, a human being who understands your style, size, and budget. They do all the shopping for you, and it's the easiest way to update your wardrobe this season or any other. This professional stylist picks the clothes. They can either send you a box where anything you don't want is unbelievably easy to return, or they can make a little storefront for you just from stuff that they recommend for your taste and your body. Uh, It is an absolutely... Incredible service. They give you styling advice, outfit recommendations, the whole thing soup to nuts. And like I said, if you don't want it, if you don't like it, it is unfathomably easy to send it back. They give you an envelope that's big enough that has the postage and the labels on it. All you have to do is shove the thing in there, close it up, and drop it off at your local mailing center. It is that easy. Can I also say the stuff that my stylist at Stitch Fix picks for me? I really like it. Like, they know me. And it's really terrific. Plus, if you've got small people in your life, sadly, my small people are now adults shopping for themselves. But if you've got little kids, it's a terrific way to to get togs for your kids. Style that makes you feel as you 
as you want to look. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash JJHO. That's stitchfix.com slash JJHO. Stitchfix.com slash JJHO. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura Frames. Hey, Mother's Day is coming up. Do you have a mom in your life that you'd like to celebrate? There are very few better ways than giving an Aura frame to someone you care about. These are beautifully Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos of your memories with your mom, stepmom, a mentor, friend, uh, whatever it is in your life who might enjoy seeing photos from your life. Aura frames are the way to go. Judge, there's a very special mom in my life, Ms. Teresa Thorne. Yes. Uh, that's my wife and also a, a whole human being in her own right. Guess what's guess what's on her bedside table? Yes, that's right. You guessed it in one, an aura frame. Oh. <laughs> what I love about the aura frame is you don't have to load a bunch of stuff onto an SD card or whatever, like with the old digital frames. It is so easy to get the pictures on there. So like when Teresa texts me a cute picture of one of our children or our dog, uh, or one of our siblings texts us a cute picture of one of them or one of their children. Uh, all I have to do is hit that share button on my phone and I can share it right to the frame and then it lives there for as long as I want. I can also take it off whenever I want, but I don't even have to open the Aura Frames app, which is a great app, but I don't right. even have to go there. It just goes straight into wherever I want it, uh, whichever frame I want, or I have multiple Aura Frames in my house or all of them. Uh, it is incredibly easy. That's why Wirecutter chose it as the best digital photo frame. That's why it's one of Oprah's favorite things. Uh, it is guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use the code Hodgman at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, this is Biz, and this is the final season of One Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting. This is going to be a year of celebrating all that makes this podcast and this community magical. I'm so glad that I found your podcast. I just cannot thank you enough for just being the voice of reason as I'm trying to figure all of this out. Thank you, and cheers to your incredible show and the vision you had to provide this space for all of us. This is still a show about life after giving life. And yes, there will be swears. You can find us on MaximumFun.org. And as always, you are doing a great job. All right, class. Tomorrow's exam will cover the science of cosmic rays, the morals of art forgery, and whether or not fish can drown. Any questions? Yes, you in the back. Uh, what is this? It's the podcast Let's Learn Everything! Where we learn about science and a bit of everything else. My name's Tom, I study cognitive and computer science, but I'll also be your teacher for intermediate emojis. My name's Caroline, and I did my master's in biodiversity conservation, and I'll be teaching you intro to things the British Museum stole. My name's Ella, I did a PhD in stem cell biology, so obviously I'll be teaching you the history of fan fiction. Class meets every other Thursday on Maximum Fun. So do I still get credit for this? <laughs> no. <laughs> Obviously not. No. It's a podcast. <laughs> oh, Jesse. Whoa, you got a new haircut. I did, yeah. How do you like it? It's one of the most natural-looking rainbow Afro wigs that I've ever seen. But it's not a wig. No, no, it's a painstaking dye job. Does the carpet match the drapes, Jesse? <laughs> Have I purchased a Curly Rainbow Merkin? Yes. Curly Rainbow Merkin is the name of my new improv group. <laughs> because I am so obviously great at improv. Wait a minute, you're starting a new improv group, but we're about to do a road show of Judge John Hodgman. It is going to be very exciting. I agree with you. All right, I will not do improv comedy. Instead, I will focus on our project. Bringing justice to the land... Riding the circuit, Judge John Hodgman, alive, on stage, this January 25th of 2013, in San Francisco. Judge Hodgman, it is at Marines Memorial Hall in San Francisco. That's right. And at what time in the evening? 
10.30 o'clock. That's, a, that's, that's night court. That is literally night court. <laughs> Those of you who missed our live Judge John Hodgman shows uh, in New York City uh, in late 2012 uh, may not know that not only do I wear a judge's robe, which can be purchased at any judge uniform supply shop, but Jesse went to great lengths to have tailored for him a bailiff's uniform to match perfectly that of Bull from Night Court. And he looks fantastic in it. Bull from Night Court is a real hero of mine. Sure. He's a hero to us all. Richard, I mean, Richard is Maul. Oz from Night Court also a hero of mine? Yes. But she wears a lady's uniform. Exactly so. And it's, it's, uh, and it's very flattering, but it would not look right on you. Uh, please come and see us in San Francisco, January 25th, at the Marines Memorial Theater at 10.30 p.m., part of the great San Francisco Sketch Fest. You should just go ahead and book a room in San Francisco for uh, all of uh, January and February, because this thing goes on for a long time. But that whole weekend is going to be chock full of amazing shows, including ours, including a live bullseye the next day. Isn't that right, Jesse? That's absolutely correct. On the 26th at uh, the Punchline Comedy Club downtown. And of course, uh, uh, Mark McConville and Matt Gourley, uh, the editor and editor emeritus uh, of this uh, very show, are part of the amazing uh, comedy group Super Ego, and they will also be performing live at Sketchfest. So well, I uh, recommend you go to Bullseye. Oh, are you are you going head to head? I think they're a direct competition. Oh, okay, well then, never mind. Don't go see them. <laughs> Absolutely not. You will not enjoy yourself. Well, I wonder how Mark is going to edit this one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mark. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, we are looking for cases to try live and on stage in San Francisco. So if you are a San Franciscan, an Oaklandian, a, a Bayarian, a Berkeleyite, please... Go to MaximumFun.org slash J-J-Ho, that's J-J-H-O, and fill out the form or email me, Hodgman, at MaximumFun.org. And you don't have to send me a picture of your haircut. Just tell me in a few words what the dispute is, and uh, please make sure that you let us know that you're in San Francisco and would like to be tried live on stage. Justice shall be meted out. Concordian, Mill Valleyite, Sausaliton. Richmondian. You are calling all of your vassals to your banner, Jesse, and you are going to go to war. Uh, but meanwhile, uh, we have something on the docket. We ought to clear it. Janice writes, my partner John and I have lived together for several years. When he lived alone, John often cooked for himself and used a spoon rest for his cooking utensils. I've always disliked spoon rests. I have no problem with setting a saucy stirring spoon directly on the stove or counter while cooking. I wipe down the stovetop and counter after each meal, and I don't see the need to clean a spoon rest. John does most of the cooking and cleaning up for meals, but he doesn't always wipe down the stove after cooking. I fear that a spoon rest would go unwashed for days, attracting vermin and encouraging our cats to jump up on the counter and lick up the gunky food leavings. Gross. So, Judge Hodgman, spoon rest or no? First of all, there are very few dockets that have so thoroughly grossed me out as this one. <laughs> I'm speaking specifically of the term junk, uh, gunky food leavings. It really makes me feel sick. And then I don't like s- s- setting a saucy stirring spoon because it's too much alliteration, first of all. And saucy stirring spoon feels like it's a sexy stirring spoon. <laughs> Like some kind of sexy stirring spoon that they're selling at a Sky Mall? No. Gross. Stop it. And, of course, there is this issue of uh, cross-contamination. I honestly am puzzled by, the, uh, by the, uh, the, the spoon rest because there is the logical side of me that appreciates that if you're setting that spoon down and you're putting it back into the soup, for example, uh, and then you set it into the spoon rest, there... If you're leaving that spoon rest on your counter all the live long day, there is very little difference in, hy- in terms of hygiene between the spoon rest and the counter itself. And essentially, you are just going to leave the, that sort of, I guess you could only call it gunky food leavings, either contained in that spoon rest or on the counter, and it doesn't matter. That's the logical side of me. But the, the animal brain 
uh, the the short attention span sheepdog side of my uh, of my being cannot stand putting a spoon uh, straight down a dirty spoon that I'm going to reuse straight down on the counter no matter how spick and span it is uh, I, it just makes me go crazy and when I go crazy it doesn't matter what I'm cooking I'm going to put a whole bottle of sriracha in it to punish the world <laughs> so uh, unfortunately Janice while you you are absolutely correct. There is no difference. If John is using this thing and has gotten used to it, I, I think that, uh, and he's the one who's uh, cooking, I think he should feel free to use it. Because if he doesn't, you're going to get uh, hot mouth and he's going to feel uncomfortable. Uh, and I think that all, all that you need to do is just make sure that, that spoon rest gets cleaned every day. So stop pushing John around and uh, stop using terms like gunky food leavings. If there are no gunky food leavings in the spoon rest, then there is no argument, and there's not any. Uh, there's no chance of me uh, throwing up on uh, my uh, podcast. <laughs> well, we'll see everybody in San Francisco uh, on January 25th. You can find more information at maximumfun.org in the and- show's listings on the right-hand side of the page. And on January 26th for Bullseye Live in San Francisco, too. Yeah, we'll have cool special guests for both shows. So please uh, come out. And uh, if you have a case, remember to go to MaximumFun.org slash JJ Ho. Especially, but not specifically, if you're in the San Francisco Bay Area. We'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Goodbye. The Judge John Hodgman Podcast is a production of MaximumFun.org. Our special thanks to all of the folks who donate to support the show and all of our shows at MaximumFun.org slash donate. The show is produced by Julia Smith and me, Jesse Thorne, and edited by Mark McConville. You can check out his podcast, Super Ego, in iTunes or online at GoSuperEgo.com. You can find John Hodgman online at AreasOfMyExpertise.com. If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. If you have thoughts about the show, join the conversation on our forum at forum.maximumfun.org and our Facebook group at facebook.com slash Judge John Hodgman. We'll see you online and next time right here on the Judge John Hodgman podcast.